Welcome back to the Walk a Mile in My Shoes podcast. What do you mean, where have I been? Where have you been? Okay, I'm cobbling an episode together to explain all that, coming to some ears near you very soon. And all that time, though, I'm your host, Chris Young, and in this episode, we'll be walking a mile in the shoes of Neil Burton, an ordinary human being, very much like you and me, a man whose life, hopes, dreams and aspirations were rocked a number of years ago when he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Cancer of the esophagus accounts for roughly 2% of all new cancer cases in the UK, with over 9,000 people developing the disease every year. I've put a link about it in the blurb. The curious thing about cancer in the UK is that, despite there being around 375,000 people diagnosed with it every year, we don't seem to talk about it very much. And when we do, it's in hushed tones, often hidden away. That's why it was such a privilege for me to be part of this open, honest, occasionally irreverent, humorous and frank conversation with the lovely Neil. Hi Neil, welcome to the Walk Him On of My Shoes podcast. Uh, it's been a long time in the making, but at last, here we are in the same virtual place. How are you doing? Not too bad today. Not yeah. too bad at all. I'm looking forward to this, like you say, cool. in a long time. So um, for the listener, do you want to... Tell us who you are. Um, my name's Neil Burton, and um, normally after this point, I suppose I'm a, I say I'm an alcoholic, but no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a cancer. I'm a, an ex-cancer patient, and now a okay. chronic pain patient. Right, right. Um, so where 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 do we start with that? So are you are you quite happy to get into the the gubbins of of the types of cancer type of cancer you've had? As- Ask away. Okay. All right. So, um, for, I, I guess what what kind of cancer was it, and um, uh, and and when were you diagnosed with it? Um, I was diagnosed with esophageal cancer um, in September 2010. Right. Right. Um, which, um, even though it seems a long time ago, seems like it was yesterday. Um, and it was all. Um, quite a dramatic, which I imagine any person being told they've got cancer. Um, fortunately, my amazing mother is going through uh, a cancer of her own at the moment. Sure. And then the shock never goes away. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, there was no sort of real warning of this. I'd been feeling unwell, went for a blood. I had a neighbor who was um, a nurse. Right. And then who'd seen me and said, you look really poorly. Right. You need to go to the doctors. There's something seriously wrong with you, I think. I wasn't too sure of it. I'd still been playing um, veterans football at the time. I'd okay. been a footballer for many, many years. And um, I blacked out in a couple of games and stuff like that was going on. And I just thought it was just heat exhaustion or too many in the night before type thing. Sure, or, sure. So did the bloke thing and had Nurofen and went to bed and woke up the next day, I'd go out for a run and I'd be fine. And then the day after that, I could hardly get down the stairs. Um, and went for my blood test and it all happened so quickly within hours of the blood tests at the, lo- at the local community hospital. My doctor phoned me back and said, um, looks like you've got cancer and this is what's going to happen tomorrow. And Right, right. And then I had to go for a medical assessment where they put a camera down my throat. And then 
was woken up to say to say I'd got esophageal cancer, which esophageal cancer for those that I mean, there's some people do know about it, some people that don't. I was very, very young right, to get right. esophageal cancer. The the death rate from esophageal cancer is something about 92% of sure, people sure. who get esophageal cancer die from it. And of those that survive five years, 85% of those then die within within that time so, period as well. So not, it's one of the ones that's up there. Not a great problem. And they're all brutal. Yeah, it was, I was given two years to live. Can I, um, 10 years ago. before we, we, we dive headlong into that journey, and I think it's a really important one for people to, to hear, who were you before the diagnosis? Um, and who was I? Um, I was, I'd been recently divorced. Right. I was a father of, father of a young daughter, Daisy. And at the time of my diagnosis, she was two. Right. And you can imagine the the mental effect that had on me. Yeah, yeah. It was also a, a driving force as well at the same time as being, um, and I've never really, I've never gone through the story with Daisy because I don't, I don't want her to know how bad it was because she wants her dad to be who I am now, who I was then. Um, I was happy. I'd got a, I'd got a good job, you know, yeah. Yeah. I just got divorced, which wasn't a great, great thing to go through, but I'd got a decent relationship with my ex-wife. We'd got a daughter together. Right, I'd got right. great friends. So I wasn't in a sort of um, a bad place. I was a non, you know, non-smoker. I was always, always spent my life trying to be super fit. Yeah. And um, like I said, I played football. I was fit all the time. I was sports mad. Um, I wasn't really a drinker and I'd have a drink. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. Not, uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, smashed down my head five times a week and stuff sure, like that. And sure. um, I was very healthy and, and then suddenly it just hits you just completely out of the blue. I mean, it, it's funny when I talk about it and when I think about it, it it's just seen, sounds like I'm saying a succession of sort of cliches, you know, it bolt from the blue, it's like a ton of bricks, but that's what it's like. You, yeah, you, you sort of literally picked up. I, I mean, I, from the point of point of being told I'd got cancer, the yeah, NHS picked yeah. me up and said, right, this is what you're going to be doing for the next six months. Right. Right. I had nurses looking after me at a fantastic support system around me my parents were absolutely unbelievable and the NHS basically said to me my doctor said to me your only job is to stay alive and our job is to get rid of this cancer but you know the prognosis was bad because they thought the cancer had spread to my stomach so that led to complications when the first surgery came around so it was chemo um I had Brutal amounts of chemo. I was having nine-hour sessions of chemo. Um, right. So, so what, what what does that mean? What 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 does having nine hours of chemo look like? Uh, once a week, plugged in. Basically, I was plugged into a, a drip, and chemotherapy chemotherapy is pumped into me, and it was nine hours every Friday. And and, and the chemotherapy is 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 chemicals. It's yeah, it's chemicals, it's 
it's medication that come that comes with it. It's um, special drinks that come with it. It's it's the worst thing in the world, chemotherapy. Yeah. You know, I mean, other people will say the worst thing, but <clears throat> I wouldn't wish chemotherapy on an enemy. Right, right. And I, I know if there was something better than chemotherapy, the NHS would give it to people. My mum's, as as we speak, is going through chemotherapy this afternoon. Right, right. And I would do anything in I would do anything in my power to swap places. Bloody with my hell! Mom. That's that's hard, especially so, since you've you've just been through it, really. Yeah. And, and, and everybody reacts differently to chemotherapy. And the one thing I learned with chemotherapy is you could have 20 people all the same age, all the same weight, all with the same tumour in exactly the same place. And all those people could have diff, different types of chemotherapy right. because it's bespoke to you. Okay. okay. And, the, and the one thing with the medical world, which really frustrates me, when I see people slagging off the medical world, and yeah. I'm the biggest fan of the medical world you'll ever see, sure, biggest sure. fan of the NHS you'll ever meet, um, is it's not an exact science, and people think it is an exact science, and it isn't. They're learning all the time, and they learn a lot. Do you, do you think that's the fault of the... They, they learn a lot about me. <laughs> do you think that, that that that's the fault of the media or TV, or you know, that, that we yeah, think I, that I it's think... all science and that, you know, we... there's... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make this. This isn't a political tirade. No, no. You can read you can read certain newspapers, and we all know there's certain newspapers out there that lean one way, and certain newspapers yeah, yeah, that yeah. lean another way. And one wants to slaughter the, you know, the NHS. Yeah, yeah. And I've got to be honest. I've never lost sleep that the NHS is in debt. Um, because the NHS will always be here. Yes. In yes. some form of another, I hope the NHS is always here. And I okay, would be okay. leading the charge if ever they changed, wanted to change the NHS. Sure. Um, but people need to realise that these doctors and these, these brilliant minds and scientists, and I've spoken to quite a few doctors and scientists, and, you know, with especially with what I went through in the early days, they learned a hell of a lot. They, they sort of changed... They were looking at changing the um, the age where the certain tests are done for certain cancers that they right, do. Right. You know, there's been a big big push with prostate cancer. Yes, there's never been a big push with esophageal cancer, um, and it and it's a they're all they're all killers. You so know, so there's a, there is a test around that. that can I, t- yeah, yeah the, 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 the problem is at the moment with esophageal cancer that there is a test, but it's very invasive. Right. Right. Um, but there was, there was, they were looking at a test that involved a swab. I don't know where they are with that, and I don't, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not in. I was never in the loop, but I was aware that that was something they were trying to do sure. to make it easier. And they're trying to do this with all cancers because <clears throat> they've got to try and, you know, stop the cancers. As, as soon as they find out about the cancer, the better off it is. I mean, my tumor, they, I was told, was six months old. Right, right. Um, and then um, it, it was sort of a decent size for an esophageal cancer tumour. Um, and and that, that all plays into what chances you've got surviving is how old the tumour is. Yeah. You yeah. know, the quicker they can find it, the quicker something can do about it. It's a, it's it's very common. I, I As a social worker, I used to work on oncology and uh, the, the I always found the doctors were very good at the the mechanics of it all. And I always found that patients 
when they went in for th that conversation, they were very good at hearing cancer. It's cancer. And no matter how long the, the, the doctor then spoke for, it didn't really matter what they said because all they heard then was white noise. Uh, and it was, it was often down to me to go and have a chat with them afterwards and say, this is what I, the doctor actually said. And, you know, the, the, you know yeah. what questions would you like to discuss? So what, what was that like for you? You know, the, the mechanics of it all aside, what, what? Well, it, it, it's, um, people that obviously don't know this, but I, I had my treatment at Portsmouth Q and a hospital, um, which from, He's one of the top hospitals in Europe, apparently, for esophageal right. cancer treatments. It's almost like so, you planned you know, it. Yeah, it was all. It was almost like I left Birmingham twenty years ago to <laughs> move to the South Coast, and it's it's glorious on the South Coast. But right, it was right. almost like I planned it and thought, well, if I'm going to get it and when I get it, yeah, the yeah. hospital's fifteen mile, fifteen mile away from where where I'm sat, and it's um, a naval. Uh, it's a forces hospital, so sure, sure. it's one of the training hospitals. My surgeon is uh, a commander in the navy, right? And then um, they're very black and white. So when he told me and told my parents the prognosis for what was what was happening, you know, went through it all, and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. It was like bang, bang, bang. And I think my mom had a go at him afterwards and said, your bedside man had probably needs a bit of improvement. And he did admit at a later date to my mother that he changed the way he was delivering news to people. Um, it was all right him sitting there with his uniform on and, his, and sort of my mom sort of going, oh, it's man in uniform type thing. Sure, sure. Sorry for the cliche, but a lot of women do it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it, it was just brutal. So, But you're right. I mean, I didn't really hear much after sort of esophageal cancer and then I didn't hear much after your son's probably got two years to live because there was a there was an added issue that came when there was I'd had subsequent I had a few more tests done and then we were all called in and and that's all you're interested in is the word cancer and after that all you want to know is well, what are you going to do about it yes yes you, you, you don't care about but I had an amazing um clinical nurse specialist a lady called Jane Jones yeah and then um, I'd love to get in touch with it again because she retired while I was going through treatment, which I'll say this, it absolutely broke my heart that she retired because my mom described her as the best neighbour right, you could right, possibly have. Right. And if you think about that, a lot of people out there have got some neighbours they'd like to get rid of, but to have a woman who's the best neighbour you could possibly have I know. looking after me was fantastic. And she ran my whole life. That's that's um, interesting. She ran my diaries. She it, run the lot. She was brilliant. It's a really for people who aren't accustomed to being cared for. It's it's suddenly a very intimate relationship, isn't it? You know, the, the, yeah, ja, ja, yeah. Jane was everything to me. She was morning, noon, and night. Right, right. I'm finding in a relationship like that now with my girlfriend, but I'd probably never been in a relationship like that with a woman. Wow. In my life, outside of my family. If you see what I mean, yeah. if that makes any sort of. It, oh, it does. It does. But she, when she retired, I was brokenhearted, absolutely devastated, me because I thought, well, who's going to look after me now? So, did she just vanish from your life then? Yes. Ouch. That's yeah. hard. And it was, it was, it was brutal. And I understand why she did it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, you know, because, you know, she made me feel like I was the only patient in the world. Yeah, yeah. And she had an, an you know, I mean, I think my mum wrote to, spoke to, wrote to an MP and see if we could get some award for her or of course. something because she was just unbelievable to my family. And my parents live in Birmingham and she'd communicate with them right. just as much as she'd communicate with me. And if I was, you know, there was quite a few times that I'd been rushed into hospital and then first person I'd see when I got there in the middle of the night would be Jane. It's interesting. She'd be there. The, these people are the sort of people who say, well, I was just doing my job. Mm. And 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 they're not. You, you, they're going up, no. above and beyond, and they're providing you with. It's it's just not a job. It's a vocation. Isn't yeah, it? it's yeah. A call, it's a calling. There you go. Back to my cliches. It's a calling. You're it's... allowed as many cliches as you like. Sick as a parrot, yeah. over the moon. Uh, I, I normally try and avoid cliches. Like I'd run away from like the plague normally, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you you as a person. Uh, did you overnight become sad, more vulnerable, more manly? Did you did did you feel a bit of toxic masculinity coming in, and you had to defend yourself, stiff up a lip? What what sort of kind of things were, were going on for you? I felt um, I felt I was going to die. Sure. Um, to be honest, I um, I wrote letters to my daughter um, for when she was. 18, yeah. when she was 21, for when she got married. I wrote a letter to my best friend, and who's my daughter's godfather. I wrote letters to my parents. So was this off your um, own back, or was this through yeah. advice from others? Or, yeah. or my, my, my parents, if, if if they watch this, yeah, that's the first, that's the first time they'll know right, that I, right. I actually did that. Um, but I was... I remember the night before the surgery, I went for a run. I just needed to get out of the house, and yeah, it was really yeah. weird. I was I was on chemotherapy. It was, um, and weirdly, viewers might ask, I didn't lose my hair. Um, <laughs> it, it, it had already gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went for a run, and I remember coming back, and this was about eight o'clock in the evening, and I was due for surgery. My surgery was about fourteen hours the next day. Right, and. Um, had the shower and I was toweling myself off afterwards and I sort of caught myself in the mirror and looked in the mirror and I thought, this is just really weird because yeah. I've just gone for a five mile run and I've done it no problem. Right. And I, I like my rock music and I'd, I'd put out some really loud music. Right, and right. Literally getting myself. And I remember thinking, how can I just do that? And yet this time tomorrow I could be lying in the morgue. They've got and the wrong my guy. Mindset, yeah. Yeah. It was up until the point. Yeah. I mean, going on to that point, up until the point that they put the chemotherapy into you, you, you hope that they've got the wrong guy. Yeah. And yeah. I always clung to that until the chemo started. But the night before the surgery was the, probably the worst night of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought this is the last night. So I, I, written the letters and I've since destroyed them because that was a positive thing to do. Right. Um, but it was just brutal. What, was why, why destroy them? Because my life's turned around in about the last five or six years and I'm trying to have a more positive outlook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've met someone 
she's a wonderful, wonderful lady and she's bright and clever and everything you'd want. Fantastic. Going back to the cliches, here How we go lovely. again. Play, people should play cliche bingo during this, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Um, we'll distribute them a bit before the show starts and uh, every, see how people. Every get on. time I say a cliche, you've got to have a shot of tequila or something. Um, <laughs> people won't make it to the end. She, of the, yeah, yeah, I won't make it to the next twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's tur- she's turned my life around, and yeah. obviously I wanted to live for my daughter. Sure, you know the driving force for me once I'd realised that I didn't die during surgery, which was a big a big chance. Um. And I had a long, long recovery. And there's an argument to say I haven't fully recovered because sure, sure. I'm still, I've still got surgeries coming up. I'm still affected um, on a daily basis by what's gone on with the amount of medication I take. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I set myself small targets like see my daughter. You know, take my daughter to her first day at school was my number one target. Right, right. Um, and I, and I. I resigned, resigned myself to, well, let them, let me take Daisy to school for her first day at school, and then if it comes back, fine, I've I've done my target, you've got, which you've was to that, take Daisy yeah, to school, yeah. and I've I've got the photo of that, and it's my most <laughs> important photo, and it's I don't know if I think I might have sent it you in right. the past or something, right? Um, so that's that photo sums up my battle, if you like. And so, and then yeah. as you get braver, you set longer targets. And then I wanted to meet someone, and and I've managed to do that. Right, right. So you, you get a bucket list, and you, you're trying to sort of yeah. And I'm I'm guessing that that because you're 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 suddenly seeing yourself as mortal, I guess you're you're, you're thinking, I, I you. It's not all fun and games now. You know, the, the, there is an end to this. So I need to do as much as I can be, before that time comes. Is that the sort of thing that yeah. was playing on in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't sort of plan anything out for a good few years after the surgery. Um, I didn't plan much more than about a month in advance. Then it started to stretch it out and I'd plan six weeks in advance. I mean, when I, when I first met my partner, Shona, um, the, the first, you know, we were talking about going on holiday and I was like, you know, next, oh, let's go on holiday next year or plan a holiday. And I was always a bit reticent about that. But now yeah, yeah. I'm, complete, I, I'm completely different. So it was just short-term targets. And then whether it was the confidence that Shona gave me and my family gave me, it, it just seemed to happen. Sure, sure. Um, we, we we talk about making peace with ourselves. You know, that, I mean, that is the ultimate cliche. You know, you, you've been told you're, yeah. that, that you're, you're, your time's limited. What did you do to try to make peace with yourself, or did you make peace with yourself? I don't think, I don't think I did really. Sure. Um, I don't think I'm in. I'm not sure if I'm in that position. I know that might sound after what I've just said about being positive, but I'm not 100% certain because one of the things that has been the most difficult, one of the most difficult things about this is the mental battle Yeah, yeah. That, you, that I face on a daily basis because I have daily reminders of what I went through. And some days I handle it and some days I don't want to get out of bed. And some days I'll get on with the day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm registered disabled now. Sure, sure. Which... 
you know, if anybody and people meet me and yeah. you know, I can you know, I can walk, but because of what's been done, you know, I am registered disabled and thankful for the people that look after me from that point of view. So whether I'm at peace with it, I, it might sound hypocritical when I've been saying I'm positive about my life, but I'm not sure I'm I'm still angry that I was yeah, I had yeah. cancer. I'm thinking about I'm really the, angry. So the night before maybe I'm not maybe I'm not at peace. You know, the night before where you thought this is this could yeah. be it. Did 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 you feel a, a peace come over you? Did you or or, or did you yeah. right? I remember I remember um it's funny, there's a point where your family can sit with you before you go to surgery. And the nurse comes out to take you to to the to theatre. And I remember that walk, and it was only about 60 yards. Yeah. And I was quite at peace with that. And then you go into a side room off the theatre and they put the cannula in you. And as 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 the sleep, you know, as as the anesthetic starts to work and you fall asleep, I was like, okay, it's it's been a laugh. I've had a pretty, you know, right, up to this yeah. point. But there was a bit of that sort of going on. There wasn't, you know, there was not, I was quite probably the most relaxed I'd been was when I was lying on that bed because it's out of my, it was out of my hands. Sure. There's nothing at all I could have done. I've done everything they asked me to do during the chemo, which absolutely crucified me. I mean, it caused blood clots on my lung twice. I was rushed into resus twice. And it got to the point where they said, right, no more chemo because my body had been damaged so badly by the chemotherapy. Right. But they needed to do it because I I wasn't very well. So I understood why they were throwing it at me. But I, I... I was I was okay that I I'd done everything I could, what what they'd asked me to do, what I'd set out to do. I got myself to the point of the operating table, and after that, there's nothing more I could do about it. It's not like they're going to wake you up and say you're not going to make it. No, no, that's that. You're you're there, and yeah, that's it. So I've done everything I can to get to that point. I felt terribly sad, but I was weirdly at peace at the same time. When you got the the diagnosis, I know I'm leaping around a lot here. When when you got That's the fine. diagnosis, were you were you what emotions went through went through your mind? What what was what went on for you? Do you remember? I cried like a baby. Right, right. I was um, I was already in hospital. I'd already been taken to hospital because I had to go in for tests. Um, but I cried like a baby. And who, my mom and dad had come back right, from holiday, right. so my mom was just, literally just on the way. Yeah. And then when my mom came in, I had to tell my mom I'd got cancer. Right. And the look on her face—I'll never forget that look. That's burnt. That's burnt into my memory forever. I bet it is. I bet it and is. Those are the sort of things you don't. Those are the sort of things you just don't forget. And What was her response? How, and what was your response to her response? And, and can you just sort of describe? We just cried. We just, we just, we just cried together. I mean, the curtain had been pulled around the bed. Yeah. And then the Macmillan nurse came to um, speak to mum, and mum kept pushing the leaflets away as though she didn't want to believe it. Sure. Um, and the Macmillan nurse was 
trying to give you the information. Um, and my experience with Macmillan is very interesting. Um, it was very strange the way my mum sort of, my mum reacted in the way I guess mom, I thought my mum might react, to be honest, it, it, weirdly, knowing my mum as well as I yeah, did. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am, I am still a mommy's boy. You know, <laughs> lovely. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm quite proud to admit it. Um, it was just, I remember we drove home from the, the hospital, or I came home the next morning, and it was just, we tried to carry on as normal. Right. Um, because I look I still, I still was, I still look like Neil to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to go into work on the Monday and tell my colleagues, but they were quite sure I, I was unwell because they'd see me in the office looking yeah, pretty yeah, rough. Yeah. Um, and after that, I probably I never went back, never went back to work again. Right. I tried a couple of times, but my body just let me down sure, I'd, sure. you know drive to work and i'd be so tired i could hardly get out of the car so right, right. and my medication is pretty i'm on some very very strong pain relief right and have been for 10 years um so regards me and my mom we've always been close but she basically moved in for about 14 months with me brilliant just to look after me yeah and yeah. she used to go home for a rest right and then look after my dad. And then after a few days, after the neighbours had all got keys and they were all bringing me meals and stuff like that and looking after me. And yeah, yeah. I've got an amazing, amazing network of neighbours who are just as brilliant at the moment because I'm going through a slightly bizarre um, illness, possible another surgery. Well, more than likely looks like a surgery at the moment. And three of my neighbours have all got front door keys. And if I don't respond to a text message, they just let themselves in and just <laughs> check right. on that line on the floor somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, seriously, move to the south. Everybody's really nice. It sounds fantastic. I'll put that on a T-shirt. Well, I mean, that is, I mean, you want a cliche. That's really heartwarming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my neighbours are amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. The John and Emma, who live across the road, have been my neighbours. I've had this house for nearly... 13 years yeah. and they've been neighbors from day one and they are spectacular people and sure. um, they've had to put up with me and ambulance turning up in the middle of the night and the ambulance probably waking up the street and stuff like that but people my neighbors have been fantastic and 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 that's great it was real <laughs> it's been a real social you know it's been really weird that i'm still you know they sort of look at me and they always ask me how are you and stuff like that and I love my neighbours. Brilliant. The, the the other side of that, I guess, and and I've, and I've seen this in a lot of people, is um, that the the shame and the guilt attached to being vul oh. vulnerable and requiring support. Did mm. that go on for you? Still does. Sure. The the shame, no, but guilt. Yeah. Um, I had eight years of um, uh, counselling. Right. Uh, with an absolutely brilliant um, charity called Harbour Cancer Support. And one of the reasons, well, the number one reason I went to Harbour Cancer Support was because Macmillan turned me down for counselling. Gosh. Macmillan, Macmillan said to me and my father, 
we went, the Macmillan Centre is inside Portsmouth. There's a Macmillan Centre and inside Portsmouth QA. Right. And then um, appointment was made for me um, to see see them. And my dad and I went in there. The lady came over and she said, I'm sorry, we can't help Neil. And my dad was like, hang on, you're, you're Macmillan. Yeah, yeah. And she said, no, we'd, we've seen what he's got. We've seen the prognosis. We just haven't got the experience to help Neil. Shit. So we left. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I know, <laughs> I know Macmillan have helped a lot of people. Yeah. And they're yeah. helping my mum, and they're helping my mum at the moment. They've sure, been sure. fantastic with my mum, but for me, appalling. Just when you needed the most, it felt like the the, the very people. Yeah. Well. You, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the one people that you hear about, you see the adverts, you see yeah, the billboards, yeah. national television, you think, well, these are going to help. And they just said no. And I went to a little um, charity in Gosport called Harbour Cancer Support. And at the time, Melanie was the um, sort of, I suppose I used to call her the boss, but right, she was my right. counsellor. And she kept me going and... The one thing that we discussed that we never ever managed to sort out was guilt. Yeah. I yeah. feel tremendously guilty on a regular basis for getting cancer, how much it costs the NHS, how much my tablets cost, how much the doctors, you know, and including my local GP who phones me on a regular basis, how much, you know, that I've had when I get an ambulance out, when I, you name it. I feel guilty about cancer and it, sure, it's, sure. it's something that we, in regards to counselling, what we tried to do was put it in a box yeah, yeah, and just put it up on a shelf. But every now and then the lid falls off and it comes piling out again. And then somehow she, she, she was brilliant. Melanie's just yeah, an yeah. amazing, absolutely amazing woman. I mean, you know, I mean, up there with Jane, who I mentioned earlier yeah, and, yeah. and my mother is just a, a spectacular lady. And and this is a charity that gets no government support, and you know it's not directly funded by anybody. You know they, you know some charities get direct funding, and this one doesn't. I think it's a disgrace. I mean, they sound incredible. I mean, we we've got an organisation around here called uh, Safeline, and and they mop up things that the NHS and other charities can't, and they're astonishing. You know, so it, I mean, when when I when I talk to people about the way what happened with Macmillan, um, they don't quite believe it. Yeah, but yeah. That's what that's what happened, and I every now and then I'll have a rant on Twitter about Macmillan, and they'll yeah, yeah. send me a message and say, "Oh, can you speak to us privately?" Yeah, no, and I'm like, "No, because it won't off. change." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't change what you what you didn't do. Yeah. You know, all they, all they, all they don't want. What they don't want is me to give them. Is any? I mean, it's been a little old me's not. I've got about four hundred followers, so little old me's not going to give them much, much bad publicity. They could, they could crush me yeah. under the heel of their shoe. But it just really pisses me off. Do, do you think that, it was an individual within that part of no, Macmillan, or do you think it no. was the whole of Macmillan? That, uh, no, because they said we. They said the word we. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's not a singular term, is it? They no, I mean, when, when when you were saying, "Oh, I'm going to talk about Macmillan in a bit," I, I, you know, 
as a social worker in a hospital all those years ago, Macmillan, we worked hand in hand with Macmillan. And, you know, if, if they didn't have the actual physical support to offer people, they would have grants to help people with stuff. So They never even... I mean, I spent... 2011, I spent about 160 days in hospital. Yeah. They never once came to visit me at bedside. I don't... And yet the centre the is in the hospital itself. I don't get that. That's... I wish I wish I could get with the people at Macmillan and say, come on, what what the What was yeah, what 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 singled you out for being the wrong Yeah, why me? <laughs> the wrong kind of so first of all you've been singled out, you've got cancer. And and now My you... dad's my dad's reaction was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean my my parents now, my dad's my dad's 80, my mom's 77. Yeah, so you can yeah. imagine my dad's that generation's reaction. I let's be honest. I don't. When Macmillan do their cake days, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't normally. I don't buy a cake. Someone rattles a tin at me. I walk past. Sure. I I did once give someone a bit of bit of grief in the in the street. Someone who was asking you know, fundraising for Macmillan. I just sometimes it just blows my mind that um, and, and a and massive organisation like understandably that, understandably so, can just can just go no. You're you're not the one for us. I mean, it was complicated. I'll give them that, but I thought they helped everybody. But I'm I'm thinking I, I'm certain you're not the only person who has been no, I can't be. singled out like that. And and it feels like it feels so unsatisfactory. It feels like they they didn't sit you down and say, right, it's for these reasons that we we can't support you. No, we we were stood in the reception. Oh, they shit. didn't even take us into a side room. Oh shit! My dad my dad my dad was stood there and he was like. Hang on, you're Macmillan. You're meant to help people. And yeah, yeah. That was it. They did nothing. God. Yeah. Um, we were talking about guilt, and uh, and how you you uh, you really struggle with that. Where where do you think that comes from? This this sense of of guilt. It's a strange one with me because. Um, I never used to feel guilty about anything. I was a right horrible sod um, <laughs> at some points in my life. Right. You know, I had a, you know, from the age of sort of 30 to 40, I had a good job, earning good money, you know, all that, got a nice house. I was right arrogant. I mean, if I'd have met myself 20 years ago, I wouldn't have liked myself, if that makes sense. But, but, but weren't you like, like so many of us who are just sort of, we're, we're happy with our lot and we're just getting on with our own individual lives and we're not worried yeah. too much about other people. Is Maybe. Yeah, yeah, prob probably. Pro probably was, you know, I I had a, I enjoyed myself. I was, I was happy. Yeah. Um, you know, but I wasn't probably the nicest person in the world, but I, it's weird. Um, I broke my back in a car crash when I was 29. Bloody hell. Um, Oh yeah, we, we we could spend another show on the <laughs> on on the stuff outside of cancer. Don't worry about that. And I remember thinking, and it, it changed. It that changed me. Yeah, having can I came I came out of that operation a better person than the was the person I was when I went in. Right, I've right. come out of cancer. Hopefully, well, I have come out of cancer. I'm not a cancer patient. I'm a cancer patient, but I'm not a cancer sufferer. Sure, but I've I've come out of cancer a better person. Than, 
the person I was before. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and the proof of that is my partner. I I'd never have met met a woman classy like this lady before in my life. I mean, talk about chalk and cheese. Right, you know, right. We we are another cliche. Swig a tick, swig swig a tequila, everybody. Um, and she, she's amazing, and she's positive, and she's a force of nature. My partner, she's, and I mean that in the most spectacular way. She's beautiful and everything, and, fantastic. And I want to be a better person for her as well. Yeah, and yeah. And that's what she does. And I'm finally, it's like finally, I'm at a point in my life where. Maybe this is the person I should have should be. You still haven't sold the "I was a bad person" story to me. I mean, did you did you? Eat, oh God, yeah. Did don't you worry eat, about it. Did you don't eat worry. babies? And um, no, I, I mean I'm vegetarian now, so I used to eat meat. So technically, right. I'm not a million miles away, am I? Um, I'm a vegetarian for health reasons because sure. it's a lot easier for me to eat um, because of the all the surgeries I've had and the way my body's completely reconstructed internally. Okay. Which is definitely some of my x-rays are something to behold at the moment. Okay. Um, so no, no, I was just, I was an arrogant sod. Right. Right. I was a, you know, I was an arrogant sod, you know, and that's it. I, I would, that's so, what I'd say. So that buys into the guilt that you're feeling now, do you think? I was an Never arrogant. Really. I was a, I was an arrogant sod. Uh, this happened to me, and then suddenly yeah, everybody looked after me, and I didn't care about other people. And suddenly, lots of people cared about me, and I'm not worthy. Oh, I'm, de- I'm definitely. Um, yeah, you probably that's hit the nail. Here we go. Get the tequila. You hit the <laughs> nail on the head with that one. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think you're right there. Can't argue with that. So I'm, I'm I'm a terrible person to thinking we're all worthy and just thinking that we're all. I mean, my my counsellor used to say that I was, you know, I mean she was just God. She was an amazing woman. She still is an amazing woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she used to say I used to have a foot in. I was half empty and half full at the same time, so I'd have a foot in each glass. Wow. So. She'd say, what we've got to try and do is get both feet in the half full. <laughs> but I would be half empty and half full at the same time. And that was one way she used to describe me. So that, that's probably good. But now I'm half full. But it's, it's hard. I, I mean, you, you're, you're, I, I imagine when, when you're trying to come to terms with this, you're, you're re- re-evaluating, I guess, your whole life, who you are, you know, where you're going, that kind of stuff. Was that something? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, um, I've never really. I mean, there's people, there's people who've said to me in the past, um, "You should write a book, right?" Or, "God, it'd make a great film." Um, I don't think it would make a, a, a funny film, to be honest. <laughs> but pe- people, people have said stuff to that to me. But that's only people you sort of meet in the pub. Yeah, that's, yeah. No one has actually said that. Um, I did meet a a small-time film producer some years ago. Yeah, yeah. And we went through it. And I think I think they just run a mile um, when they when I go through what I've had done and they're like, bloody hell. Um, no, that's that's too complicated for us. But I, you know, but maybe I should put something down because um I, I think 
this is this is the worst worst cliche. Like it'd be nice to help someone else because I think I've been to the darkest yeah yeah points in my life yeah and I've, I'm I'm managing to come out the other side. I know I've got a decent sense of humour. I know I've got a couple of possible serious surgeries in front of me, but I'll sort of take them on a bit more because yeah, I've yeah. taken on. Let's be honest. I think I've taken on worse in the past. You know, t- twice my parents were told to come and say goodnight to me because I wasn't expected to make it through the night. Sure, sure. They don't know I know that. Right, so right. in a way, I hope hope they don't watch this. But that's how bad I, that's how bad it was yeah. for me. You know, I, I had massive surgeries in quick succession and a couple of emergency ones, and I've had some bonkers things done to me and right. bonkers things still to be done. Yeah. I mean... It is having these conversations. It is a real, it's a real privilege for me just to hear this story and you and you opening up so honestly. Um, I think where am I going with this? The, the, very often when we when it's cancers advertised on on TV, you have brave people. You. you you don't get that kind of feeling of endurance. You don't, it, it, it seems to be all smiling people and fun runs and, and raising money and awareness. And, you know, isn't it all great? You know, we, we, we don't talk about the really nitty gritty hard stuff. Oh, I've, I've done the raising money. The, yeah. That behind me is, um, a bike ride that we did for right, Harbour right. Cancer Support. Right, right. So I've done the raising money, um, but you're right. I went, sometimes I don't watch many, but I watch a couple of these shows that they put on with someone who suffers cancer, and they sort of, in my opinion, they sort of fluff it up a little bit. Sure. Because they're not – cancer's brutal. Yeah. You know, and I, I, we're talking – it's up there, you know, open-heart surgery, brain, you know – it's 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 up there. This this is this is the yeah. You know, and and I think sometimes if if you're going to do it, it, do it properly. And I I've never seen one of these shows that, in my opinion, and that's it, and it's only my opinion, has done it justice. It's because yeah, they they just that it's it's the amount of people involved to get one person through cancer is unbelievable. Sure, sure. Sort of a a, a cast of thousands. And, and they, but... they need to. They need to involve the people like like people like yourself, you know the oncology the oncology nurses, which I think are some of the best nurses yeah, you'll ever meet yeah. in the world. They're amazing what they put up with. Um, the people like Jane who looked after me, who's you know if it was up to me, she'd she'd be a dame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my surgeon, he he'd be knighted. My GP, I'd get him knighted as well. There's so many people who constantly monitor you if you like. Sure, sure. And you sort of don't know it as well. You know, you, you just carry on regardless. And that's where that's probably where the guilt. I've never seen one yeah. of these shows that ever enters the guilt that discusses how guilty patients feel for what for what I can't be the only person who's ever felt guilty. I have for no major surgery. I, I would say, I mean, in the but people, I've people never I seen a show yeah. that's covered that. I've never seen a show that's covered that. And you do need to get in amongst that. That's the sort of shit that we need yeah. to hear about. That those feelings. Well, that's that, it. If and if people don't want to watch it, then they can switch, switch the channel off. over. They can switch but, off. But it's it's that it is important that people understand that this is what people go through. Yeah. 
And the NHS in particular, going back to my point about such a fan of the NHS, what they go through to get one person like me to this point in my life. And I've cost them fortunes. And we're talking big, big, we're talking over a million pounds in medication in 10 years. I take I take about eighty thousand pounds worth of pills a month. Right. If you of, if you went back to the previous you, the pre-cancer you, the the, the you that you you're not very fond of, eight thousand pounds a month. Sorry, not eighty thousand pounds a month. How how could we get the previous you engaged in that? Say that that fantasy TV program where we where we are saying you know cancer isn't all about fun runs and that kind of thing. Cancer is fucking shit. You know how how, how would we engage the the, the previous you who who you're saying only cared about himself? Um. Wow. Uh, H.G. Wells and his time machine is about <laughs> the only chance I think you could get because I think I'm so. So different from that sure, person. Sure. I think, I think um, if my, my mother wasn't going through what she's going through at the moment, it'd be better off asking her that question. All right. About yeah. how I was. Because I could be, she could probably, and I know she loves me. Yeah. But she could say, yeah. you, you could be a bit of a swine. Yeah. yeah. Which is a very old people's word. So I'll, I'll give her that one. <laughs> I will make her watch this one day. Um, but I don't, I don't know because that part of me, I, I don't want to. I don't want to remember that person. I don't want to be that person. I'm, I'm where I am now. I'm a father. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm the, in a loving and happy relationship. I've got great yeah, friends. Yeah. I haven't got thousands. I haven't, I haven't got hundreds of friends, but I've got a lot. Of, I've got a lot of people I can count on. Fantastic. You know, and and that's 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 the most important thing. In those days, I had yeah. lots of mates. I had my football mates. I had my mates who used to go out with. I'd got my mates at work. Now it's a lot smaller, but God, I can count on these people. I guess the the reason I asked that question was to think about how could we engage the general population on the the true story, the true nature of cancer, um, without making it all sepia and in danger of bringing in pudsy bloody bear and that sort of thing. <laughs> It's, I mean, you could say to someone, right, okay, think of your worst day. Yeah. And if I yeah. if, if I said to my daughter, think of your worst day, that would be, oh, the Wi-Fi's gone at school or something. That would be <laughs> her worst day. Because she's 14 now and that's what that's what kids worry about. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I, I think if you could genuinely get someone to think of what their worst day could, their worst day could possibly be, they wouldn't even get close sure. to what actually your worst day is. Yeah, yeah. It's and and it's so far removed. You know, um, you could be in a car that breaks down somewhere, and you think, "God, this is the worst day of my life." No, it ain't. No, it just isn't. No. It's just not. It's annoying, but yeah. It's 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 a pain in the ass, and you're stuck on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. But it ain't the worst day of your life. Yeah. So what what has changed? One of the things it's it's about perspective. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't worry about the things I used to worry about. Sure. A, a GP said to me once, if you go outdoors, go outside, and you and it's raining, don't moan about the rain. Get yourself an umbrella. Sure. 
Sure. Don't moan about the things you can control. It's the things you can't, the, the things that you can't control, don't moan about them. Yeah. The things that you can control, that's that's down to you. So I know I've gone completely off tangent there, but how to explain. I don't I, I wouldn't know if 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 an 18-year-old was sat next to me and said, right, how, how can you describe getting cancer? Yeah, yeah. And it's like being told you're going to die. Yes. But you don't understand what that actually means. No. Until you go through the process of chemotherapy and rushed into hospital during chemotherapy twice and then prep for surgery and then the Christmas, because I had my surgery in the January, they stopped my chemo in December and I had Christmas with my mum and dad and my daughter was two. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Christmas dinner, my mum looking at me as though, well, this is the last Christmas he, he's going to see. Sure, sure. That's that's something. That that sticks with you. That 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 made me think, whoa, blimey. Because my mum just constantly looked at me. She's imagining how your future looks or, or or her future without you looks well she'd get, she'd got me her husband well me my dad my daughter at two yeah and the four of us and that's it and she's looking at us yeah yeah and she's thinking well daisy's going to lose a dad and what does that mean what what i could see my mom's mind sort of racing away with the future were you 100, 100 mile an hour she was going you could see her mind racing were you able to talk to her about that at the time never have never have done you know, ne- not things even like not I'm, even I'm not dead yet <laughs> no but if I'd have said that she'd have that that could have had a, a, a it wasn't time for those sort of that sort of we're quite a humorous family yeah, in yeah, some respects yeah. um, but we're not a, we're not a very big emotional family so if I'd have said that, that she could have, that could have really hurt her. I don't, it, 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 we weren't, sure, we were at a sure. really sad point. It was like Christmas Day, like we were all going to my own funeral, if anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, and I think you, you've hit the nail on the head here. The, the, um, you've, it's like two things are happening all at the same time. That it's almost like you're, you're acting out a Christmas. This is what Christmas looks like to normal people and, and being yeah. as normal as you possibly can. And then at the same time, all the actors, they've got so much going on in their mind. Like you're assuming that your mum's thinking, this is my last Christmas with uh, with Neil and with my, uh, having us all here as a, as a family uh, and, and, and how massive that is. It, you know, it, in the future, would you recommend to people look get that conversation out there, be, or, or or do you think that kind of holding things in? Do you think for for many that's the way ahead? No, you you've got to release the pressure. Yeah, I, I think if we had our <laughs> hope to God we don't have our time again. Sure, but if we had our time again, I think the conversations would be different going along. Yeah, and yeah. funny enough, with my mom going through her battle with cancer the conversations have been slightly different this time right right because there has been a bit of you know me and mum sort of swapping war stories if you like (laughs) yes um so there's been a bit more humor this time yeah yeah um you know to sort of 
how cold you feel when you get chemo. You, it's really weird when sure. it makes it freezing cold, isn't it? Chemo, you know, right? You, you need to. There's there's still not enough information. People aren't sharing. Yeah, I think yeah. if you could get two cancer patients talking to each other, yeah, would yeah. be. Remember the Smith and Jones? Yes, yeah, sort, um, of, sort of head to head. Going, so yeah, what's it like? Head to head with yeah, two cancer patients. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be some very dark humour in that. But it got yeah. it. Got it. Could be funny. Um, yeah, don't 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 bottle it up. One thing my girlfriend's taught me is don't bottle it up. Yeah. So we speak. If I'm struggling and it's three o'clock in the morning, I can wake her up and she'll talk to me. And then that's where she's brilliant. I mean, she, she she's a um, she's got a PhD in psychology. So oh right, so that helps. Yeah, that is always um, always useful. Yeah, yeah. So she, she's been a brilliant source of um, inspiration for me in terms of being able to speak. And and I was terrible. I used to bottle it up all the time. Um, but I, I if I had my time again, I'd I'd want. I'd, I'd, I'd want more open conversations with particularly my family. And when you did bottle it up, did you find yourself behaving in strange ways because you'd bottled it up? Did you feel angry and sad and, you know, what, what went on for you that? Um, no, because that's what I was used to doing. Right. Right. So I, I didn't really feel any different to how I'd felt before. It was just, Right. That's what I'd been used to myself being. So it was only when I started the counselling that I really, really opened up. Do you think um, this is about being a man? Or, or some kind of yeah, you, almost you, a caricature you, you have, of being you, a man? You might, you might have a point there. You might have a point there, actually. I've never given it much thought, but quickly thinking about it, I think you've got a point there because men in particular, we're not very good with our emotions yeah. in, in general. We're, we're, we're not the best. Um, we we can we can do the closed closed book. Um, so yeah, it's probably it's part of it. I I mean I used to, funny enough when I used to have chemo, I used to want to I used to sit with the ladies because they were more fun. <laughs> right. Um, I wouldn't sit with the men because God they were boring, and they'd got no time for each other, and they were sitting there sort of clicking the fingers at the nurses, which used to infuriate me. Really? So I'd I'd sit with the ladies and we'd play poker and yeah 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 you know yeah. we'd have a rate we'd have a radio on and a can and a tin of biscuits and we'd have a great we'd have a whale of a time. Um, and I said to my mum, I said, make sure you get yourself with some some women and you you chat away with them. And I think my mum's organising the card schools when she's had chemo in the past. <laughs> Just imagine sort of setting up a gambling school. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, I mean, did you get the feeling that that men divert? You know, you you, you ask. I mean, it's a, again, this is a cliche. You you, you ask your you ask your mate how how he's doing it down the pub, and before you know it, you're talking about football, cricket, and rugby. Yeah, you're talking about anything but feelings and emotion. Yeah, yeah. Can you could you could you imagine two blokes in their twenties? Yeah. Who've both got girlfriends and have been seeing them for a year, and one of them saying to his to his mate, "Do you love her?" <laughs> he, he, he's just going to say, "God, did you see that goal on Saturday from yeah, such and such?" Yeah, and yeah, he was amazing. Like we don't do that. No, no, blokes don't do that. Do you think things are changing, or do you think that that's that's pretty much still? I think, should, I, think I think that we'd be a better place if things did change. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it. 
I think it would. I mean, I, I, it's easy for me to say that now, the age I am. Yeah. Looking back on it, we, you know, hindsight and wonderful thing and all that. But yeah, they should do. Because it, it feels I think like, we owe it to ourselves in some respects. I think you're dead right. It, it feels like sort of collective self-harm that, that somehow <laughs> by, by sort of this notion that this stiff upper lip, we're, we're, we're protecting others from, I, I don't know. It, I, I think it's a very, very complicated. We're only, we're only protecting others from the truth. Yeah. One, one of the things. What are, what are we yeah. protecting anybody from? If someone answers you a quest, asks you a question, what are you protecting someone from? You're only protecting them from the truth. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, that goes back to the whole thing about cancer as cancer as a subject as well. Yes. Yes. When before you and I started talking, and it's like I said, this has been years in the making. Well, not years, but it's been <laughs> a while. Um, one of the things you said to me was don't pull any punches. And ah, exactly. I you know, I'm quite happy to be open and honest, but what was going on in your mind at that time? Did 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 you want me, I don't know, were you expecting me to sort of bully you into some kind of epiphany? Or? No, be, be, my, when I said don't pull any punches, I, yeah. if, if, my, my thought is, and I've had, I've spoken to people in the past who've, the reason I wanted to do it with you is because I respected the way you'd approached me. I've had people in the past who've wanted to do something and they've just skirted around the edges. Yeah, so I thought, well, if yeah. I'm gonna do an, if I'm gonna do one of these, yeah, yeah. I want someone to I want someone to bring it because that's the only way you're gonna get a proper impact on I something think so. like this. I think so. Because if you're going to get someone who watches this and thinks, right, I need to, you know, like I say, I'm I'm bloody no no perfect person and stuff. Yeah. If one person listens to this yeah. and thinks they need to go and get a test or they want to change something, then then fantastic. But there's no point doing it if you're going to do it half cock. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. If you're going to go, if you're going to, if yeah. you're going to go for it, go for it. I, I didn't want to know what you wanted to talk about. I had a fairly good idea what you were going to talk about. But I wanted you to go for it. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, it's up, it's up to people to deal with it, how... They if if they watch it and they find it hard, yeah, um, then fine. If I did a radio show um, about eight nine years ago and I got some good feedback on that, sure, and some people sure. found it a really hard 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 to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was about fifty minutes on a radio show on the local radio down here, and I got some good feedback, but I got cool, some cool. negative feedback, as in. Well, you shouldn't let people on the radio to talk about that. And I thought that's the whole point of me going on the radio is to talk about the things because this is real life. This isn't yeah, Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a brilliant quote. It, it, it's is real life. It's not Disneyland. Um, I mean, it, 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 I find it bizarre that people are invited onto shows to talk about stuff and they end up talking about, I don't know fun run cycles and God knows what else. And I, you know, mm. I think they're all important stuff. I think that the, the, the thing that I would like to talk to you about, and, and I think it's something we've sort of skirted a little bit is your daughter and, and not talking to your daughter fully about stuff and, and writing those letters and then destroying those letters. Are you able to talk or would you want to talk more about that? Um, I think with my daughter, it's it's. I think um, 
I think it's quite straightforward. I mean, I, she's a she's a brilliant child, and she didn't get it from me. She's obviously she's become very clever at school, and clearly, and guarantee she didn't get it from me. <laughs> um, so my ex-wife and I had a thought that she probably got it from the grandparents and stuff like that on both sides, which are, which we'll take. But either way, she's brilliant. I, I, and the one of the reasons I don't want to sit her down, I don't want to knock her off a stride. I don't sure, want to upset sure. her. She she spent a lot of time worrying about me as it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, she used to have a weird habit of kissing my scars, um, which was cute but sad at the same time, if you sort of yeah. follow um, and she'd always make sure I was okay. And she was five, six and, you know, oh, single figure age group. And that, that's adorable was, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's adorable, but it's also, it, yeah, but some people say, well, that's quite sad at the same time. And someone will say, well, why is he showing his daughter his scars? I took my daughter swimming. We yeah. went on holiday and we went on holiday with my mom and dad. I went on holiday with my mom and dad. Wow. Um, again, <laughs> Um, and we've done that a couple of times. So yeah, yeah. the scars that you know that I'm, I'm not proud of my scars. I think they're awful, um, but they're part of me. And yeah, yeah. my daughter always looks after me, and I want to protect her as much as I can. I, I treat my daughter like an unexploded bomb. I'll stand between her and the rest of the world. Sure, and, sure. And 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 that's that's my reasoning. One day, one day she'll know the, the full story if she wants to know it. Yeah. If she doesn't want to know it, then. It's not the end of the world to me. I wanted to. I wanted to concentrate on the future. For her. I don't. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be hand. I don't want it to be held back and by you, anything. And you think that somehow your story, your experience, would be a burden to her? Well, it could be, but if she, if it's definitely not a burden if I don't tell her. <laughs> it's one of the ways of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get that. Um, and and, ch- and children, I mean, like I say, she's fourteen. It's an impressionable. She is. And yeah. They yeah. go. They go through lots of different things. So at the moment, she knows her dad's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, she must be aware of you going in and out of hospital and all that kind of malarkey. Um, we've we've there's been some stuff because she was so young. There was some stuff that was kept from her. Yeah. I mean, I never wanted. I never wanted her to visit me in hospital. Um, I mean, visiting a cancer ward, wow, that's um, that's no fun. It, yeah, it's um, not, it's so not I never a fun wanted place, to, yeah. Yeah, I never wanted her to visit me in hospital, and I do find it quite bizarre when, you know, kids come into hospital, I'm thinking, bloody hell, you scar the kid for life. Um, so she never, in, in all the surgeries I've had, I mean, I've had over 20 surgeries, she's never visited me in hospital she doesn't know about the two upcoming surgeries because there's nothing to tell her yet. Right, right. Um, she'll find the one of them really exciting, but she'll find that about after the surgery and she'll have a good laugh about that one. I mean, she genuinely will. A lot of people have done because it's bonkers. Right. So, I mean, do you act out in your mind the, that conversation? You know, do you ever imagine no. that conversation yet? It's, it's... No, because it'll just happen because I don't. I can't act it out because I don't know if she's sure, going to come to me and ask sure. the question. You know, she, she could come to me and say, um, right, I'll, I want to I want to talk to you, Dad, about what happened and yeah. give me a bit of notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or she could she, she just blurt it out and, you know, 
I don't know. So I'm, I'll be ready for it either way. And if she doesn't tell me, I won't be disappointed. I'll be in a way sort of quite more than okay with that, to be honest, because she's making her own decision and I want her to be strong and independent. Yeah. So I'm yeah, not going to yeah. force her. To, I'm not going to force her to do that. Okay. There's enough, there's enough sadness and, and bad shit in the world. And I, I, I want her to be happy. All right. All she's right. every, she's everything. Yeah. I mean, it certainly sounds, sounds like it. Okay. No, thanks. Thanks for that. I really appreciate you sort of, I don't know, navigating that, that I guess, really difficult subject. Um, I'll let you, I'll let people know when it, if and when it happens, let's put it that way. So, um, you, you've, you've touched on this a few times. This, um, interesting surgery that's about to happen that you seem to find quite entertaining. Um, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I've had some crazy surgeries over the years. I obviously had most of my esophagus gone. I lost 70% of my stomach because they thought I'd got stomach cancer sure, sure. when they originally opened me up. So I've got a very small stomach. Um, my insides are completely different to anybody else's. I've had to have my colon was found wrapped around my heart one day. What the um, hell's it so doing um, never really explained to me, but it sort of went on a walkabout and was cutting the blood supply off to my heart. So Bloody they had to hell. quickly, I had an emergency survey to have that put back. And it's, it's basically, I've got plastic staples all, all across the bottom where, my, where everything's held in place. I've got a plastic rib cage on the right hand side. Right. Because the, ke- the chemotherapy to, to damage the bone structure. So, after the esophageal cancer surgery, they go in through the back, through the chest wall at the back, and open the ribs up. But when they put the ribs back together, um, the bones didn't heal properly, so that's right, taken right. out. And I've basically got. If people remember Meccano when they were kids, and after you had <laughs> Meccano for do. about six, yeah. yeah. So if you if you had a Meccano box, and after you had it about six months. When you open the lid, all the pieces are on top of each other. Yeah, that's what the right that's what the right hand side of my ribs look like. Um, I had stomach went walk about and that went into my chest, so that had to get pulled back into place as well. Um, I then had to have so I've had rib reconstruction, I've had bladder reconstruction, um, I've had numerous other sort of surgeries. It's sure. a bit like. I've got a leak in my car and they send you into the oil changed and we'll sort the leak out and then we'll send you out and we'll see you in a few weeks. Um, I've then gone through a stage recently where I've been blacking out for no apparent reason. Okay. Um, and they think it's um, something to do with heart valves. Okay. Um, because I had, um, oh, previous to that, I've got, I don't know if people can see, but I've got a small scar my neck I, can, I can see that sadly sadly yeah. the listener is not going to see that because it, right. it, this goes out so there's, as, 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 so. yeah there's, there's a uh, yeah so there's a scar there across my neck and that was caused so in the back of my neck i've got two titanium plates and a cage basically holding my neck on my shoulders because the chemotherapy has damaged parts of my spine sure. and skeleton at the top so 
when I say chemotherapy is brutal, chemotherapy is I had no the idea. Worst. I mean, but it sounds like you, they've turned you into Wolverine. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when I go on, if if I ever get on a plane, I have to take quite a lot of paperwork. Um, so the the next surgery, so I potentially got this heart valve yeah. issue, which is blacking out. I'm due to, I'm waiting to see a cardiologist. I'm on the urgent list. Um, funny enough, my doctor was phoned me last night to say we are chasing this up because we want yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. We'd rather you were seen than not black out again. Yeah. You can see I've got a cut above my eye. Yeah, I can, yeah. Where yeah. I fell out, fell over a couple of weeks ago and my girlfriend found me on the kitchen floor. So you get no warning blood. at all, you just go. Oh no, no, it's 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 really quite strange. I don't get I don't get this I don't get a dizzying or anything. It's yeah, just bang, yeah. it just happens. I suffer with something called dumping syndrome, which is really, really hard to explain, but it causes me to have the shakes. People are better off Googling right. dumping syndrome than me trying to explain it. So that so I've got this heart issue, which is upcoming, uh, upcoming surgery, and then I'm also because I'm a chronic pain patient. Yeah, I'm having uh, pain inhibitors um, fitted into my spinal cord. I'm having three of them: one at the top, one at the middle, one at the bottom. And when these are fitted, I have to be awake. Right, right. Um, so because when they fit them, they want to talk to me while they're doing it because they have to set them. So I have this issue with offset pain. So I could stub my toe, but the pain could be sort of somewhere else, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's quite it's quite a strange thing, off, offset pain issues, because my nerve system has been cut cut so often sure. um, that the nerves are all completely all over the place. Right, it's like a house that's so my, been my, rewired. That, that has... Yeah, so my wiring, my wiring system's not very good. Sure. So they're going to put these inhibitors in because they want to reduce, massively reduce the amount of medication I'm taking because I'm still taking uh, 26 pills a day. Well, if right. you times that by 11 years, it's a lot. And in the first two or three years, it was about 34 pills a day. We're talking a lot. And they can they so, they and, cause and, their and own also, damage, don't they? The, the yeah, so yeah. they can do, cause damage to the, the, the liver, the kidneys, yeah. all that sort of stuff, the heart. Um, so the idea is that they, um, they'll wean me off the tablets before the surgery, which I'm not looking forward to Yeah, because yeah. I've been the most pain I've been in for about 10 years. Right. Right. Because I rely, I rely on these tablets to con help control the pain, but my pain levels currently sit at around seven, sure, seven or eight sure, out of 10. Sure. And some days they're better. Some days they're worse. So these inhibitors are controlled by an iPod. So if I'm out and about and suddenly I get a lot of pain, with the volume control on an iPod, I can just turn the inhibitors up and wow. get a better and a release. So and there's an app for that. Incredible. Well, no, it's I don't know if there's an app for it. I, I've got to go some educational um, with Neil Burton and educational. He's not some words you normally have in the same sentence. <laughs> um, but I've got to go some educational days because yeah. they're going to show me how I can use this. But my girlfriend's also threatening if I get on her nerves, she's going to turn them right down and walk off. That's, um, that's so I've, I've, re I've really got to behave myself. Cruel and unusual. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if, if you'd met her, she's Scottish, but she's really funny. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, I'm a big fan so of the Scots. She, I lived up there for uh, 26 years. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. you, you, you probably know better than anyone else. So, yeah. and a whole family would just be looking forward to this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've got that coming. So, exactly what that's going to be look like. I won't get. I think I'll have three little scars. Yeah. Where basically three three things are just dropped into my spinal cord. And all done while I'm awake. It sounds like something out of Star Wars to me. It sounds incredible. Uh, what going to do? Oh, and, it's bon- it's you, brand new. And because you, ha- you have to be awake. Surgeons. You have to be awake because it's, be it's, awake. It, the experience of pain is subjective, isn't it? So they, yeah, so they need to. They, they're yeah. going to put put me through pain yeah. to help then control pain. Fantastic. Which is, as you can imagine, I'm counting the moments to that day. So. Um, <laughs> But I'm, I had a phone call off that surgeon yesterday, and I'm on the list. And there's just a, you know, they're not worried about my heart because they're not knocking me out. I'm only getting a, sure. I'm only getting a small injection in in my back. Interesting. Um. So yeah, I'll, and I I hate pain. I was, yeah, I'll scream yeah. like a, God, I'll go mad. Um. I used to be okay with pain, but now I'm just fed up with it. I mean, I suppose just, chronic just pain as well. It's just there all the time. I mean, did you f- yeah. have times where you just feel? I don't know. I guess sorry for yourself. Oh God, I can do that better than anybody on the planet. Yeah. When it comes to feeling sorry for myself, thank God my girlfriend's not here to <laughs> shout over my shoulder. Um, yeah, I yeah, um, but I think yeah, my pain threshold's pretty low. Right. To be honest. Right. Um, but it's a lot lower than it was. But yeah, I've got some um, serious pain relief. Right. No, I, I'm I'm glad you get the the support, but I suppose that that um, that, that, yeah. that that's immediate future, and, and yeah, and I'm, I'm <laughs> sort of mindful of the fact that you know we've we've been going for a little while now, and and I'm thinking that the the thing that I I'd, I'd like to talk about is your future. What what does what does that look like? Looks looks fantastic. Yeah. to be honest, I've met myself and Shona. Um. We sort of we have conversations that we talk about the future, and neither of us want to get married. Um, we've I don't want to do that again. Sure. There's no need to do that again. But you know, we're in it for the long haul. I'm not looking at sort of I'm looking at a, as, as long a life as I can possibly have. That's yeah, that's yeah. my outlook now. You know, I'll want to see my daughter grow up. I want my parents, I want my mum to recover. Yes. I want my parents to grow even older than they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that's all I want. I want I want a simple and sounds like, you know, back to my cliche, but I just want a simple and happy life. And that's really what I've got at the moment. And I just want that to carry on. I live in a great part of the world. Sun's out. I don't get any snow, don't get a frost. It's just great down here. So yeah, no I'm, snow sounds. I'm very lucky. I'm yeah. very, I'm very lucky to have what I've got, and I, I, I'm more appreciative of what's around me than I ever was before. So you're you're literally saying you're valuing the the, the simple things. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to have the the nice car and all that sort of, you know, eating in the fancy restaurant. I don't give a damn about. It. I don't give a shit about that. Sure. I mean, sure. I don't. I don't care. You know. Um, my girlfriend's family are absolutely wonderful uh, and tremendously ge- um, generous as my parents are 
and I don't want I don't want or need anything more than what no, I've got at the moment. No. What do you do for fun? Um, what do I do for fun? My girlfriend's got an allotment, so sometimes I, I can go there yeah. and sort of. But I'm not I'm, at the moment because of this problem I've got in my heart. Yeah. At the moment, is I'm not even allowed out the front door on my own. Uh, I can't be left unattended in case I keel over. Okay. Um, so that's been the case for about the last six weeks now. But for fun, you you fill your days. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, there's there's always plenty to do. Um, you know, I I I, I get bo- I guess I have days where I get bored, and yes, I have days where I want to um, not get out of bed, and yes, I have days where I'm really sad and really depressed. Yeah, yeah. But I have I have I put that day to bed. I, you know, forget that day and hope the next day's sure, better. Sure. And ninety nine times out of hundred, the next day is better. But I, I talk to myself a lot. I mean, in a good way. I'm, I don't mean because I'm nuts and I've overdone it on the pills. I mean, you, you sort of motivate yourself to get yes. to, to do stuff. I'm, yeah. you know, as you can tell, I'm ten thousand words a minute sort of person. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people that know me would. I've never had laryngitis, and I think a lot of people would like me to get it for a couple of weeks a year. Oh, obviously, um, the, the the germs don't have long enough to to settle. So no, 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 no. Well, I kill them off with everything I take anyway. So, um, but now I've I've got a very apart from this weird thing that I'm not allowed to go anywhere at the moment unless sure. I'm not allowed to drive. No, I can I'm not imagine. allowed to drive because apparently collapsing at the wheel of a car is not good. Wait, what so we need is I one of these drive. automatic cars. You know the. Yeah, oh, yeah, trust me in one of them. I wouldn't turn it all on, though, properly, would I? I'd just <laughs> crash into the centre reservation. So I, I can't drive. I can't do anything. You know, I just sent a text to a neighbour saying, you go past the shops, can you get me a couple of pints of milk sort of thing? Right, right. Girlfriend's, my girlfriend's at work, work, but, you know, when she's out, the neighbours are looking after me and I'll get knocks on the door and in the day and I get texts in the day and if I don't answer, then the phone rings and... It's you know today's a good day. Royal Ascot's on, so that's a good day. Right, right. I, I like thinking, I like my sport, so yeah, I spend yeah. a lot of time watching sport. I'm a big sports fan. Um, any particular football team that you or, or are you more? Yeah, we yeah, but we're so shit. Um, <laughs> I'm a Manchester United I'm, for my for my crimes. I'm a Manchester United fan. Right. And before right. anybody starts, my dad was from part of that from yeah, that part yeah, of the world. Yeah. So. yeah. Don't give me any crap about it. It's, but yes, it's funny, isn't it's it? Shit, I, that that actually does send me to drink. That is the one thing that yeah, will send me to yeah, drink. Yeah. I mean, talk about wanting to get into a deep depression. That 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 will work. Watching that crap. So I've got a friend who supports and it, Arsenal, and and I and I see that frustration. And when I tell people I support West Bromwich Albion, they sort of tilt their head and then they give me pity. Uh, <laughs> Probably, probably the best left back in the last fifty years of English football played for West Brom, and um, Derek Statham. Yes, yes, yeah. If Derek, if Derek Statham played for Arsenal, he'd have had hundred caps for England. Yeah, yeah. It's just about putting yourself in the right place at the right time. So, exactly. go, Derek Statham's. And go, go, I've seen that team many times. You're you're able to talk. You're 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 able to be open and honest about all that's going on for you. Do you think there could be one day a future for you in education and? I'd love to. 
talking I'd love to, to get people. involved in I'd love to get involved in and I've said this I've said this to anybody who's prepared to listen yeah uh, and got and got nowhere I'd love to get involved in uh, this uh, uh, absolutely if if anybody listens to this and said right let's get this guy involved in whatever capacity they feel then let go for it well, we we can share it with all the sort of major players on in in the Twitterverse and see if they pick up and see if they're willing to sort of well one listen to your short story and then because this has been really easy for me you know it's 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 been it's I was absolutely shitting myself um I can read you the text I sent my girlfriend about ten minutes before. We were due to start, and I said, I'm really quite worried about how this is going to go, but you have made this so easy to do um, because you've you've gone for it, but it doesn't feel like you've gone for it at the same time, so it's been easy to talk. You I, I expected to break down in tears, which is which is always my move. To yeah, yeah. It normally gets you a free round of drinks anyway when I do that. So, um, <laughs> but no, you've, you've made it... Very easy and very comfortable, and and I won't lie in bed tonight with my eyes wide open, yeah, um, yeah. thinking bloody hell, what did I do? What did what did I do today? What can you give us a sort of flavour of that text? Was it what the hell am I doing? Why I, the hell am I? I can tell you, uh, tell you exactly what I am. Uh, let's have a look. Very very nervous, very worried about this show. Um, he has so many followers. Is this bloke is big noise? Re mental health. What the hell am I doing going on with this? Going on this show, and then she's text back. Just think you're only having a conversation with him, yeah. which you are at the moment. Um, you'll be great. And she's right. Pretend no one. Pretend no one is listening. Because <laughs> that's it. I mean, you, you, ultimately, you're speaking to one person. You know, and that's that's me. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think you've been brilliant. Is so on on that 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 topic then what is there anything that you think i've completely missed is there something that you thought right we're definitely going to talk about that is there anything that you, you no think? because I, I i came in this i came into this with a completely open mind yeah yeah i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to come in with this with I'd, I'd left you know we'd we'd back and forth uh, a couple of messages did, yeah, prior yeah. to this and i just left it entirely in put myself in your hands so to speak cool cool no i mean uh, yeah it's been great for me yeah. yeah i think that's the only way to do it justice was to leave it to you really yeah cool cool okay right well i'm happy if you're happy um yeah i'll um i'll wind up there I, it's been a, a long time in the waiting but you know it's been an absolute pleasure and, and thanks so much neil for 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 coming on the show it's, it's been absolutely great Huge thanks to Neil for being so frank, open and honest. It, it really was a privilege talking with him. If you'd like to know more about Harbour Cancer Support, the charity that helped him to navigate his way through some pretty challenging times, then I've put a link to them in the blurb. On the subject of links, you can find me on Twitter at UK. If Facebook's more your thing, or if you'd like to contact me some other way, you'll find those details in the blurb too. Please like and subscribe if Walk a Mile in My Shoes is your kind of thing. Comments are always welcome. And get in touch if you'd like to share your story. I'd be delighted to hear from you. Until the next time, I've been Chris Young, and you've been rather lovely. 
walk a mile.